Welcome to week number one of our new sermon series entitled God Goals. Five days in. So the question might not even be worth asking because for some of you, you might already have failed. But the odds are pretty good that that many of you have not yet failed or, or you're maybe willing to push reset because Uh, It's worthy of giving it a second shot and and continuing on. So I want to ask you the question. Uh, It's your first fill in the the notes blank that you'll find in your bulletin, and it's this. What are your goals for 2020? Uh, What are your goals? Uh, What did you write down on paper, discuss with your spouse, and, and really think about for 2020 that you want to accomplish, do, tweak, change? I don't know what your list is, I know mine, and and I'm pretty sure that no two people uh, have the same exact common list with all the same exact details. But I would guess this, that of all the people who set some goals this year, if you're like me, they, they probably fall into very common categories, similar buckets, if you might use that terminology. In fact, I would pose to you that there are probably about five different buckets for resolutions and goals that that most people will find themselves setting each and every year. Maybe it's the relational bucket. You want to be a better spouse or or parent. Uh, You you want to work at your friendships, really invest uh, more in that circle of people that that you do life with, that you love. Reach out to your, your siblings more. If it's not relational, maybe it's financial. Maybe one of your goals this year is to get out of debt. Or, or maybe your goal is to, to really harness uh, your resources and, and ratchet up the investing that you want to do as you look forward to retirement. But maybe it's, I need to get a better grip on, on my spending habits. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's emotional. Maybe you want to wrestle with and deal with that bitterness issue you have in your heart for that, that sibling or that coworker, that person who who betrayed you. Maybe you want to deal with that bitter root because you know it's affecting your life. Maybe it's anger issues you have or the lack of patience. It's, it's an emotional thing that, that you've kind of looked at and said, I, I, I really want to have a goal this year to do better, to, to change. Maybe it's work or, or school related. You know, most of our lives are spent in, in, in one of those, those categories, that bucket of, of, of job. So if you're a student, that's your job. And and if you're a worker, that's your job. And maybe this year is the year you really want to invest a lot of energy so you knock the ACT out of the park. Or maybe it's you want to work really hard to, to reach that goal that the company has set so that you can get that promotion or that bonus that, that, that it's at the end of the finish line of 2020. Or maybe it's physical. I think just about everybody who may, maybe sets a goal and has a list of them has at least one physical goal that they, they lay out there. I, I want to quit that bad habit. I, I, I want to do that less. I want to eat cleaner. I, I, I want to reach 10,000 steps each and every day so I, I got my Fitbit or my iWatch or whatever it is that you track it and you can record it and see that I, I reach my goal. I, I would tell you that most goals would fit into one of those five buckets. And here's what I want you to hear before we go any further. Setting goals, making resolutions in and of themselves is not bad. I would actually argue it and tell you it's good. It's good to set goals. It's good to want to take care of your body. 
it's even godly. It's good to want to really think about your finances and how you use them. It's godly. It's really good to want to invest in your relationships. You you know what that is? It's godly. (laughs) So here's my thing. If about 50% of people make goal, set goals, make resolutions each and every year, and out of those one in every two Americans that set goals, of that group of people, only 8% succeed, why is the, the rate so low? Because they're all good for the most part, right? And that's why I think this series matters. Because I would pose that the issue for some people, while it's, yeah, you don't have a plan, because when you don't have a plan, it's simply a plan to fail. And maybe you didn't write it down, which is another key to, to accomplishing goals. And, and maybe you didn't put a piece of accountability in. But even if you do all those things that experts tell you will help you accomplish goals, I would, I would pose to you that maybe, just maybe, the reason so many people don't follow through, don't reach the goal, is because... They haven't addressed these questions properly. Who are you doing it for? And why are you doing it? A lot of people set amazing goals when it comes to physical resilience, right? I want to lose those 15 pounds. But you know why most people do it? Externals. They know they're going on vacation to that warm destination in early March, and they know they're going to be in that swimsuit. And they're going to take pictures. And we want to look our best on social media and for all our friends and those people walking up and down the beach. So we, we do something good, but we maybe have the wrong focus. Or, or how about finances? Like, I really want to work hard at my job. I, I, I want to reach that promotion. I, I want to excel to, to get that bonus. But Why? For who? Because if the why is for you, if the why is for the, the new cottage or car or, or thing or toy, there's a part of your heart that knows at the end of the day, things leave you still empty, unfulfilled. And that's why this series matters. That's why for the next four weeks, I I want you to wrestle with this question. What are God's goals in 2020 for you? What is it that God wants? What would God put on the list? And please understand me, if one of the things on your list is to be a better spouse, to to maybe have a spiritual goal of, of worshiping more, it's not bad. But I want you to have it aligned for the right reasons, and that's what we're going to dig into over the next three weeks and this week. See what God's goals for us might be. What would he have us focus on? What would he have us do? What would he have us consider that that might be game-changing and life-changing to our goals? In fact, I would post to you that if we see our goals through God's lens, even some of those things we just talked about, which are great things and God things and good things, might be accomplished in amazing ways because they're being done for the right reasons with the right person in mind. So are you with me? Have I sold you something that you want to come back for in the next few weeks? 
You're like, yeah, just say yes, because that means I'm going to go forward. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. That's a goal. I get done by 10 o'clock. Every, every 9 o'clock service, that's my goal. Help me accomplish it, please. What are God's goals for us in 2020? To help us in week number one set the stage for this entire series, uh, we're going to listen to a man named Asaph. Asaph lived about 1,000 years before Jesus was born, so 3,000 years ago. Uh, he was an author of some of the Psalms. Uh, he, he was someone who, who was a godly man. And, and I would imagine that Asaph was somebody who had goals. In fact, you can pick up on that as we dig into Psalm 73. And we're going to pick up various verses. Most of it's going to come at the end, but, but the first two verses, the first three verses actually help set the stage uh, for where we're going today with God goal number one and, and the focal point that God wants us to keep in perspective with all of our goals. Here's what Asaph had to say. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Asaph was a believer. Asaph understood this foundational truth that, that all Christians do, that, that Christians believe, that, that Christians will repeat. And maybe you've even heard a, a pastor or two from our staff say this over and over again. God is good. God is good, Asaph said. God is good, Asaph believed in his heart. God loves me, Asaph knew. God, God is there for his people, Asaph believed it. God has made promises to, to send a Savior, Asaph knew it. He, he learned it as a kid, he, he learned it at synagogue, he saw it in the temple life when he, he would go there and, and sacrifice. God is good to Israel. To those who are pure in heart, to people who are believers, God is good. And then there's the tension. Because Asaph looked around him and saw something that caused his heart to, to struggle. But as for me, like I, I know this truth, head knowledge, God is good. But as for me, in my heart, deep down in my gut, what's going on in the inside is this. My feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. In other words, I, I wrestled with my faith. I was struggling in my faith. I nearly fell away from faith and God. And here's why, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Like Asaph, like every human being, I would venture to say, had goals. Success at work, blessed personally, respected publicly, to be known for accomplishments. And there's a part of the human heart that says, when I push myself, when I set goals and I accomplish them, good things should happen, right? But Asaph experienced something different. He saw something different. He saw the people of the world, unbelievers who, who didn't know God, who, who could care less that God is good, who, who had no clue that they were loved by God, that there was a place called heaven that was so good, and their lives were good. Asaph probably knew people in the community. He heard about people in the surrounding neighborhoods who set goals to, to be financially blessed, who looked at relationships and, and were driven by approval ratings, who actually probably did things that were ungodly and, and, and they got places, they cut corners and, and they got rewarded. 
They, they did evil and they didn't get caught. And Asaph said, I'm not so sure. Why should I set God goals, like, based on the foundational truth that God is good, when people who don't have God goals get the good? And maybe you can relate. You see, if that tension is real for you, like, and, and I know it is, because we live in a real world, and, and we're surrounded by people at work and in our community and in our relationships that, that have also set goals, but they, they're not God goals. They're, they're self-focused goals. They're, they're me-first goals. They're, they're all about what's in it for me kind of end result goals. And we see them winning. We see them getting. We see them advancing. And we're tempted to, to wonder, maybe I, I should put some of those goals at the top of my list. And that's dangerous. That with the tension of our heart and our head when they don't line up with what we see might drive us down a bad path with some bad goals. Asaph actually identified that. You look a little further in the psalm, he, he kind of talks back and forth about this tension, and then he gets to this, this, this point where he acknowledges this, my, my heart was grieved, and my spirit was embittered. In other words, I was sorrowful. I, I almost was sorry and sad for, for who I was and, and how I was living and, and the fact that this was my lot because I was with God. I was embittered. Like, like I was bitter about the fact that that these things were happening. I was senseless. I was ignorant. I was a beast before you. Asaph is literally confessing there that he had sinned. That in this tension point, Asaph understood and recognized that he had an identity crisis. That he was wrestling with, should I stay or should I go? Should I remain with God? And he, he actually gives insight that at one point, he was a beast, and his bitterness and senselessness and ignorance nearly caused him to, to be severed from God. And each and every one of us struggles with that at times. The issue of identity. We view the, the world in which we live. We see people that don't know God getting good, and, and spiritually we struggle with identity. And here's how I know it, because I struggle with it. And, and you know how the devil gets us to fall in the cave, to be senseless and embittered and, and grieved, to fall prey to the goals maybe of the world and be driven by external things and not have the right motivation? One of two things. It's not in your notes, it's not a blank, but you might want to write this down. They're either lies or they're idols. Lies or idols. I would post you the reason why Asaph wrestled with this tension, why he struggled and why he almost fell and, and was severed from his relationship with God is because he was believing some lies. You know what lie he believed? Bad things shouldn't happen to, say it with me, good people. You know why I know what that lie is like? Because I believe it at times. Like when trouble comes my way, I'm like, what are you doing, God? I'm a good dude. At least for the most part. Sorry, honey, for the things I did this last week that weren't so good. And you know how I know you believe it? 
Because when someone you know gets cancer in our church, when someone you know has a husband that walks, or a wife that, that leaves, someone you know that, that doesn't get the promotion because someone betrayed them and, and jumped in line and, and gossiped about them, you know what you say to us? That shouldn't happen to them because they're good people. You know what else Asaph was falling prey to? Life should be easy. <laughs> like it should all go my way. Like, like everything should just fall into place and it's the aha Disney moment that life is good and, and everything ends well, happily ever after. Those are lies, Asaph. Those are lies, Pastor Tim. Those are lies. <laughs> You know how I know it? Because the Bible is the truth, and Jesus says, in this life you will have trouble. Bad things will happen to good people. Maybe not even because you sin, but because the world is sinful, and, and, and sinful people are around you. Bad things will happen to good people, because in this world there is trouble. Not everything will go your way. Life won't be easy, because this world is filled with trouble. Asaph, you need to understand this. When you're looking around you and you're maybe driven to set goals that are focused on the wrong things, when your heart's being driven by worldly glory, worldly treasure, prosperity, you have something that's out of whack. And it's called your heart. You've maybe elevated something, some possession, some person to a position only God deserves. And you know what you have then? An identity crisis. Because you're living for you and not God. You're focused on the world and not heaven. The goal that you have is related to this world and isn't about the finish line to be with God. Which is why Asaph would tell you this. If you want to set a goal, if you want to uh, be uh, different this year, this is what you need to, to, to do. Have a spiritual goal of alignment. Alignment. Align your heart and get it in tune with God's heart. Understand what God says and what God wants and be driven by God. Not the world, not fame, not a larger bank account so you can buy more things, but, but God. And here's what I, what I want you to consider. Even some of those good things we talked about before, align them with God. Some of you set the spiritual goal of gathering more on a Sunday morning. You, I, I love looking at attendance charts and attendance trends. Uh, the first week, uh, weekend in the month of January, you know what happens at churches? Because you know what a lot of you have done? I've set a goal to, to go to church more. And that's a good goal. But I want you to align it and do it for the right reasons. I don't want you to do it because you want to check a box and be better. I want you to do it because you know God is better and God is your Savior. And by coming into God's house, you're going to get your heart aligned with God's heart because you're going to hear his word. You're going to be assured of your forgiveness. You're going to be reminded of your status. You're going to be redirected to, to him so you're not focused on yourself. Align the goal to be in line with God. Or how about your daily devotions? Like some of you have set, probably set the goal of, I'm going to give God 20 minutes each and every morning. And, and if you're like me, you get a little 
sheet with all the tasks to do for the day and you check it off and you feel good. You know who that's about? You. And it's not a bad goal. But if you say, I want to give my first 10 minutes a day to God to just be overwhelmed with his love because his love is, is life-changing. Because that's going to help me align my heart today when I live in a world where there's going to be trouble and there's going to be temptation and there's going to be idols. And time with God is good for my heart. You see what alignment looks like? It's different when we align our hearts with God's heart and then implement it into our goals. And that's what Asaph needed. That's what all of us need because all too often, that's not the case. Now you're still wondering, okay, Pastor Tim, but what's God's goal for me? Like you've just given me something to consider and me to wrestle with. Well, that's where Asaph got. He, he did the wrestling match. He, he, he dealt with the tension. He, he understood what was going on in his world. He, he knew that he had to get his eyes off of the world and his eyes off of himself and onto God. And when he did, that identity crisis disappeared. Look at what happened with Asaph in the next verse. Yet, I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let's, those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. <coughs> but as for me, it is good to be near God. Like you see what Asaph did? He aligned his heart. Like he said, I look at the world, I see bad people getting good things. I, I struggle in the world where, where people set goals and they get and it shouldn't be that way, God. And then Asaph had the aha moment. He realized, but God is good. And he took it from his head and he put it in his heart. And he then remembered, then he then realized he aligned and understood what it meant that God is good and, and what that meant for him. And he also then aligned that he realized, you know, bad people might get good things, but in the end, unbelievers, people who don't know God, will be dealt with by God. <laughs> Like, that's yours, God. I'll give that to you. Those who are far from you, those who don't believe in you, will have to deal with you for eternity. But as for me, you remember what he said if you look back at the verses right before this? You see how Asaph aligned his heart? As for me, it, I'm always with you. In other words, I got God right here, right now, with me. God. Whatever I'm going through, whatever struggle I'm having, I got God. I, God's holding my right hand. He's, he's, he's not just like kind of present and, and maybe out there and maybe pops in and out, but no, he, he's right there holding my hand. Uh, the love language of, of touch is a powerful thing to know, know that not just God is there, big, all-powerful, impressive God, but a God who's, who's walking side by side, doing life with you. I got God. You guide me by your counsel. I got God's word. I got God's advice. I got God's insight. I, I got something more powerful than, than anything this world has to offer, more, more insightful than the greatest of all counselors, uh, more beneficial than the, the greatest how-to book that's the number one seller on, uh, on the charts right now. I got God's advice, God's counsel, God's wisdom. And not only that, 
But look at the next ones. I mean, do you see Asaph who maybe wrestled with worldly treasure and was thinking about setting goals to get more? When Asaph was wrestling with, you know, physical things that, that were going on in the world, the troubles he was having, you see how he aligned it? He said, whom have I in heaven but you? And hearth has nothing I desire besides you. Like I could accumulate so much wealth and, and get so much more and have goals about this world, but, but at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is, is getting to the goal of the greatest treasure ever called heaven. And I got that right now. It's mine, Asaph said. There's nothing on earth I desire besides you. I, I, I love my wife. I love my kids. I, I want to provide for my family. I want to retire as soon as possible. I'm just telling you. I mean, just be advance warning. <laughs> but all those good things pale in comparison to the fact that I got God. And when I got God, you know who gets blessed and is benefited by it? Those people. People God loves. And Asa said, if my heart fails, if physically I fall apart, like if my body breaks down, it's not the end of the day because God's the strength of my heart. If I face trouble, if I go through difficulties, I got God right there, right now, who loves me. He's near me. And that's what God wants you to set in front of you as a goal. Now, before we get there, I want you to see the spiritual truths that will impact this goal. If you're filling in your notes, it's the next two blanks. To help align your heart, you have to remember your identity, who you are. That you are a child of God. Like when you're setting goals, when you're carrying out goals, when when you're considering your to-do list for 2020, do it through the lens of your identity. Not being driven by worldly accolades, not being driven by human approval, not being driven for, for personal gain, but but be driven by your identity that you are a child of God, loved by the Lord of heaven and earth, God. And if you're still not sold, if you, you maybe want a verse that you can go to to help align your heart and celebrate your identity, to help you realize God's goals for you in 2020, remember the words I wrote, read earlier from 1 Peter chapter 2, specifically verses 9 and 10. You are a chosen people. Like God's kickball game in heaven, he's going to pick you first. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but... You get the picture, like the, the first one selected, the first one chosen, the, the one who's at the fir- as first in line. You've been chosen by God, handpicked by God before creation. God picked you. How awesome and amazing is that? View life through that lens, set goals with that in mind. When, when you know who you are, it is game-changing to how you live, and it's game-changing to how you deal with life. You're a royal priesthood. You're not just any old uh, average Joe out walking the street. You're royalty. In God's eyes, your royalty to the king of heaven and earth. Even more powerful, you're a priest. He's empowered you to, and given you responsibility in his kingdom. How amazing is that when you set goals to know that, that God longs for you to have them be goals that, that drive forward his mission and accomplish his purpose, that he's entrusted to sinful human beings. You're a holy nation. See, here's the thing about God's goal you're going to hear in just a minute. It's not a to-do for you. It's a been-done-for-you goal. And you know why? Because God's very own Son, Jesus Christ, accomplished His goal. He came to earth, and you know what He never did? Failed at God's goal. He never sinned. 
You know what he did all the time? Fulfilled all of God's commands that you haven't. Never fell prey to the lies of the devil. He resisted. He never set up an idol, but God was always first. You understand how powerful this goal is going to be when you understand that it has nothing to do with you and has everything to do with God. It's not about what you've done. It's about what's been done for you. And you are a holy nation because of God. You know how many people set goals and fail over and over again? The same goal? Any of you ever done that? Set the weight loss goal. Set the quit uh, stop smoking goal. Set the I want to be a better husband goal. I don't want to get his anger goal. Have Have you done it more than once? and failed. You know what the the biggest thing about that is and how it affects the human heart when it's about you and it's focused on outward things? There's shame. There's failure. There's disappointment. And, and, And it almost crushes people. But if you change your lens, if you see goals through God's perspective, they're driven for God, here's what you'll hear from God. I'm not ashamed of you. I see you as perfect. You've accomplished every goal because Jesus accomplished it for you. You know how life-changing that is when, when, when the goals you live and the things you try to do are, are focused on God? Then it's not about perfection. It's about direction. And, and here's the last one that Peter says about your identity. You're God's special possession. Think about that one thing in your, in your life, in your house, in your garage, uh, that, that, that you guard, that you protect, that, that if it got scratched, that if it got broke, that, that if the kids picked it up and started playing with it during the middle of the average day, you would freak out. Like the thing you don't put on the coffee table because the dog's tail would wag and, and knock it off and you'd be devastated. Like, what's that special possession that you treat with so much care? Like, the kids probably know, parents, what your special possessions are because when they touch them or get near them, you, ah, Right? You're God's special possession. Like the thing he treasures most in all the world. You. You, Asaph. You, Pastor Tim. Like, like why are you buying into the lies that, that your value is determined by your performance? Why are you falling prey to, to being worried about the bad things that are happening around you? Because while it might be bad, God is good. And God is yours. And God is here and what God has in store for you one day in heaven is even greater. So here's the goal. It's God goal number one. And it's what God wants. And you know what it is? It's not a thing for you to do. It's to celebrate daily. Remind yourself of regularly. Repeat and live in light of it that God wants you. That's God goal number one. And it's all about him. God wants you right now, right here, to, to know you're loved. You know why so many people struggle with, with, with accomplishing even God goals and, and good things? If I just loved God more, I would do it, right? Have you ever heard someone say that? I must not love God enough. You know who that's focused on? You. And what I want you to change is, is to remember God goal number one and, and know this. It's not about how much you love God. It's about the amazing, great, unfailing love of God for you that gets the job done. And it is. And that's why I'm so excited for the next three weeks. 
Because I believe that knowing this goal, that God wants you now, that you are His, that you are loved, that it is good, that, that God, God's got you. And that one day, the ultimate goal, you'll reach that finish line and, and what God wants for you will be realized in the full, you'll be with God. That will be game-changing then to your earthly goals. And the things we talk about the next few weeks because then they can be aligned God's heart. Which is why I need to take one more minute and give you an action item. Because if God goal number one has everything about God to be celebrated and everything about God to be remembered, God still wants you to apply it. And how do you keep it forefront? Here's the action item. When you leave church today, the ushers are going to have some of these. Maybe you have your own personal one. Use your outline and your bulletin to it. Revisit your roots. I know each and every Sunday we play that video and it's like the tape recorder going over and over and over again, kind of like saying the Lord's Prayer by memory. You can close your eyes when the creed gets spoken. Like, don't do that. Like, we talk about the roots, we repeat the roots, we invite you to, to get connected to the roots for a reason. So I want you all to revisit your 2020 roots plan. And I want you to think about the roots of gather, group, and grow this week. And I want you to think about what you might change, what you're going to add, maybe what you're going to tweak to align your heart with God's heart. Maybe it's a simple one like this, like, I'm really going to look forward to and prepare my heart to celebrate communion every other week when my church celebrates it, because I know in that meal, God's going to tell me, you are loved, you are forgiven, the shame is gone. And I want to bask in that. That's a great goal, because it's about God. And maybe you haven't done group before. Sign up, start today. Like, get in a group. Or maybe find a circle of five friends that you want to do life with and talk to and meet once a week and, and talk about your goals, your God goals. You know, you know why groups are good things? Because transparency is a real thing because you're going to wrestle with your identity at times. Your friends can tap you on the shoulder and say, that's worldly. What would God want you to do? Remember who you are, that you're loved. And, and maybe think about one tweak to your, to your grow route, your personal Bible reading plan. What do you want to add? What do you want to do? Maybe just tweak the beginning. Like, I want to bask in the glory of Psalm 73 every day for a month. Like, maybe that's the simplest goal you can have. Read Asaph and remember, there's nothing on earth I desire but God. And you know what will happen that day? I believe your goals and their direction will change. And I know what God will do. He'll align your heart and you'll find more peace, more joy, more love. Because it's about God who wants you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. And those are more than words today, I pray for all of our hearts. Because we're going to leave this place, the devil's going to bombard our hearts. He's going to want us to buy into the lies that the, that the world and their goals and their way of doing it is the way to get ahead. But thank you for God goal number one. And it has nothing to do with us, but it's about you. It's not about a thing to check off of the list, but it's about, about the fact that our names have been written on a list, the names of your children in the book of life. And you want us with you forever. And you want us to know that you are here right now. And you want us to celebrate that we are loved. So help us set the, set the spiritual goal of alignment in light of the spiritual truth of identity. Knowing that you want us. That we are your special possession. And I know, Lord, for God's people, that would be game-changing as we consider all the goals that you would have us incorporate in our life. Because they begin with you wanting us. Amen.